98.6 FM. You are In other bad news, the oat milk shortage is going to continue. Hello friends, if I haven't met you before, my name is Brian, I'm the creative pastor here, and I'm excited to be with you this weekend. But we've all had days like that, haven't we? We've all had moments like that, sometimes they're weeks, sometimes it's months, or maybe for you this has been a year like that, where it just feels like the hits keep coming, and it would be comical if it were in a movie, but it's not in a movie, it's in your life. And right now we're in this series called You Are Here, and a part of this series is about really normalizing the experience that we're all sharing together. We're saying if you feel lost, if you feel lonely, if you feel anxious, if you feel overwhelmed, you are not alone. We are in this together. You are here. And the reality is everyone's feeling some form of frustration right now, and quite honestly, it's been difficult. And I don't think that we say this enough. This is hard. This has been challenging for all of us. And yes, God works all things together for good. Yes, there is an opportunity in every obstacle. But sometimes when you're in the middle of an obstacle, the last thing that you want is for that person who's looking at you to talk about the opportunity. Instead, you just want them to see you there and say, you know what? I see it too. This is hard. But we don't want to stay there. We actually want to point to where God's calling us to go. So we're saying, yes, it's okay to feel lost, but don't get lost along the way. And it's okay to feel afraid, but don't allow fear to become the driver of your life. Because I don't know if you know this about fear, but fear is a terrible driver and it will never get you where you want to go. And so this week we're saying it's okay to feel lonely. It's okay to feel disconnected. It's okay if you felt isolated, but you need to know that you are not alone. You are here. And the title of this message is, What Do I Do When I Feel Lonely? And before we get into it, I would love the opportunity to just pray and, and center us in this moment. So would you bow your heads? Holy Spirit, you are here. Your word says where two or more are gathered, there you are. So we acknowledge your presence and would you, we say, would you do a work in our hearts? Would you do a work in our minds? God, would you allow us not just to remain the same, but to be stretched, to be challenged, to grow, God, and to uh, start to walk towards you. God, we don't want ideas to put in our pocket. We want uh, you to literally transform our heart and God and allow uh, what we learn to turn into action in our lives, God, that shows the world who you are. Holy Spirit, right now, we pray that you would give us ears to hear. We pray that you would give us eyes to see. And we pray that you would give us the boldness to actually do the things that you call us to do. 
Lord Jesus, this is all for you. Would you be glorified in this place? We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So on that note, I found a study this week by Cigna that said that around half of Americans reported that they felt alone. And more than half of Americans, more than 50%, reported that they didn't have meaningful face-to-face connection with people on a daily basis, which makes sense in our current context. But what surprised me about this study is that it was actually done back in 2018. And so what that means is that more than 50% of people already weren't getting face-to-face connection that they needed, and then they got hit by a global pandemic that forced us into isolation. And if you can believe what that would actually do, it didn't make it better, it made it worse. So I found a survey done this year by Social Pro, and it said that we are lonelier than ever. We are more depressed than ever. We are more isolated than ever. We are more disconnected than ever. We are more divided than ever. And we are more frustrated than we've ever been before. So welcome to church. We are glad that you're here. (laughs) And I can already hear some of you who are just saying, that is not me. I have had a great year. I invested in Tesla back in January, and it has been up and to the right. I've got a bunch of home projects done. Thank you, Home Depot and Lowe's. And I didn't have to share a cubicle with that annoying coworker, so my life isn't just good. It has been great. I heard some people at the beginning of this season, they're an introvert, and they're like, I have trained my whole life for this moment. This is beautiful. But if that's you, then I've got great news because this message is still for you. Because you are in a perfect place. God has graced you to be in a perfect place to be a solution to somebody else's pain. So maybe you're not experiencing this problem firsthand, but I can promise you that there are people close to you who are. And God wants you to be a part of the solution. And this feeling of loneliness, it's, it's popping up everywhere. It's not just something people are feeling. It's something that people are creating art about. One of the first singles off of Justin Bieber's new record was called Lonely. And the lyrics are actually heartbreaking. I would share them with you, but there's cussing, and I don't want to get in trouble with Grant or, or God, for that matter. Now, I saw this on TV, too. Just the other day, there was a skit that was done about how people literally don't know how to communicate the way that they used to. They've lost something in this last year. It's like, how do we be social anymore? And I was just like, dear Lord, that is me. And I remember talking with my wife about this not long ago, and I said, sweetie, I don't feel like I remember how to say words to people in social situations anymore. I feel like I've completely forgotten how to talk about the weather and I get anxious now and I get sweaty and I'm starting to think, I'm I'm not sure, but I'm starting to think that this last year has made me socially awkward. I was kind of torn up about it, you know, having a vulnerable moment. And then she looked back at me and she said, oh, sweetheart, I wouldn't worry too much about that. You've always been awkward. (laughs) And I said, that's not helping. But I don't know about you, but for us, we were... We were having a baby when this thing started, and ever since we've been trying to keep our head above water, but now that we're trying to reconnect with people, everything feels so foreign. It's like I've spent way too much time on Zoom calls, and my timing is off, and half the time I feel like Ricky Bobby, and I don't know what to do with my hands, and so they just start floating up at the most inopportune moments. And if you didn't catch that reference, it's Talladega Nights, which I can't recommend to you, because again, there's a lot of cussing, and I don't want to get in trouble with Grant or God. But I don't know, to me it feels like the world is slowly starting to open back up, but I'm not sure that I'm quite ready to open back up to the world. And 
I felt disconnected. And I felt nervous about my ability to reconnect with people. It's like, what do we even say? There's so many topics that are divisive right now. So what do we even talk about? And oftentimes when people feel lonely, what they start to do is convince themselves that they don't need people. It's just what we do. You'll hear Christians who say, I don't need people. All I need is God. Or people will say, I don't need community. I've got everything that I need in Christ. Which sounds really nice when they say it. It sounds really holy, which is oddly fitting because if that idea was a cup, it would be very holy because it doesn't hold any water. If you've ever read scripture and it's moved you away from people instead of towards people, then I don't know how else to say this other than you are reading the book wrong. God's heart is always for people. It's always towards connecting with those who are like us and those who aren't. And anytime somebody says, I don't need, he, he, I don't need people, what, what I actually hear is, I've been hurt by people. What I hear is, I've been abandoned by people. What I hear is, I've been betrayed by people. And, but just because you've been hurt by people or abandoned by people or betrayed by people doesn't mean that you don't need people. In fact, you, you do. We were created to be together. From the beginning, we were created to be together. In Genesis 2, verse 18, the Lord God says, it is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good for the man to be alone. And this is in the context of Adam and Eve, but I need you to know this text isn't about romance. This text is about relationship. Because our needs, friends, are more than physical. Our needs are more than spiritual. Our needs are deeply relational. We were created to be connected to one another. Scripture says it's not good for man to be alone. And to understand kind of the gravity and the significance of this statement and where it sits in the Bible, you need to understand what came before it. Because this is the first time in the Bible that God has ever said that something was not good. Up until this point, I would say that God's been very chill. He creates all these things and he says, it's all good. Everything was good up until this point. The the light he created was good. The seas he created were good. The trees he created were good. The stars were good. The animals were good. Then he created man and he went a step further. He said man was very good. But then in Genesis 2, it says it's not good for the first time. It is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good for us to be isolated from one another. It is not good for man to be disconnected from one another. And when we become disconnected, we feel lonely. And you've got to understand loneliness is actually the body's way of signaling to the brain and saying that something's not quite right. Something's out of balance. We need more connection because we were created to be together. And I was thinking about that idea this week. And uh, I had an idea. I don't know if you can see this. This is Duplos or, or Legos. And started thinking this, this week, I think a lot of us are, are like Legos. I think we, we share some similarities because it's only in the context of others that we can reach our true potential. It's only in the context of others that we can create the things we were created to make. And it's only in the context of others that we can build the things we were created to build. If we're disconnected, any parent knows that this is not good news if it's laying around the house. 
Any parent knows that this is a tripping hazard. This is an accident waiting to happen. In fact, if you step on this bad boy, it's not just good news for, or bad news for you. It's bad news for anyone in your proximity who hears the, the words that come out of your mouth because it's not going to be good. But the thing about it is if it's in its proper place, if it's connected to others, it can create something beautiful. Or in this case, I, I would say that's an overstatement, maybe something cute. And for the record, I did steal this from my two-year-old daughter, Brooklyn, and I like to think that right now she's at home trying to find Nemo. <laughs> but there's something that gets missed when we try to do this thing alone. There's something about life that's meant to be shared, and when we're connected, we can actually express something that we couldn't on our own. When we're connected, we can be a part of a beautiful tapestry. We can actually build something that glorifies and magnifies God. But if we're just on our own, we just become a stumbling block and sometimes we are a, a hazard. The fact is we need people. We need people who, who will lift us up. We need people who will challenge us. We need people who will care for us. We need people who will call us out. We need people to love us and we actually need people to love because it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good to just receive. We were created to give as well. And this year we, we found out the hard way that the opposite is also true. So it's not good to never be alone. It's not good to have no space. And if you homeschooled your kids while you were working remote, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you were forced into a room uh, with your family for 24-7 for a season, then you know that it doesn't matter how much you love them, you can still feel completely and utterly stuck. And ironically, it's in those moments where we're surrounded by people that we actually sometimes feel the most alone. It's not just when we're out in wilderness that we feel isolated. It's when we're in a crowd, but we feel disconnected from the crowd that we feel the most alone. And this week I was looking at what Jesus had to say about human connection and what we were created to actually um, build together. And I was looking at the sermons he preached I was looking at the conversations he had and the prayers that he prayed. And one of those prayers happens in John chapter 17, and we actually get to see Jesus' heart for us, Jesus' heart for the way that we connect with one another. And so we get this little depiction, this little snapshot, and starting in verse 20, it says, my prayer, this is Jesus talking, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I want to read that one again. Verse 22, I have given them the glory. Jesus had glory that he gave to us, us being the church, us, the collective group of believers. He says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they would be one as we are one. And I think as a church, we talk a lot about this idea of glory. Every year at Christmas, we say uh, glory to God and excelsis Deo, whatever that means. But we never really talk about what it is. So we say, glory to God, glory to Jesus, glory, 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 but we don't actually know what it is, and sometimes I think we like it that way. 
Sometimes I think we like concepts that are abstract because we don't actually have to do anything about it. It just makes us feel like we are doing the right Christian thing. Yes, glory to God. Yes, glory to Jesus. But if we don't actually know what it means, we don't actually have to live our life out in accordance to what it says. But what Jesus is saying in the scripture is the glory of God is not an abstract concept. He's saying, this is my glory that I've given to you, that you would come together, that you would actually reconnect with one another and you would become one. So the glory of God isn't abstract, it is when we come together and we're able to actually show and reflect something that we couldn't on our own. So if you wanna glorify God, we've gotta connect with people. If you wanna glorify God, we have to be one, not just with the people who are the same as us, but with the people who are different. He continues in verse 23, this is the last part of his prayer, he says, I and them, and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. So what brings God glory is when we work for unity, when we work for connection, when we aren't just content to be on our own, but we connect to one another. And unity, I'm sure you've heard this, but it's so important to say unity doesn't mean uniformity. It means community and connection that gets extended even when we disagree, even when we differ. I would, I would say especially when we disagree, we still extend a hand because we have a bond that runs deeper than our differences. We have a grace that is stronger than anything that would separate us. We have a love that is so pure that it allows us to be connected even in our idiosyncrasies and uniquenesses. Jesus' prayer is a prayer of connection. He says the glory of God is when you are connected together, not when you isolate. You were created for connection. You were created for relationship with God. You were designed to be connected with him. And so I don't know if you know this about God. I don't know how long you've been around the church or what you've heard about him, but I need you to know that you were created by a God who loves you, who likes you, who is for you, who's not against you, who's in front of you and behind you and all around you and in you. And he calls you friend. You were created for a relationship with God. But that relationship was never meant to be limited to God. It was meant to be rooted in God. And when we're rooted in God, the actual natural outpouring of what happens is we start connecting to others because God's heart has always been for others. It's always been for connection. It's always been for relationship. It's always been for unity. And so, yes, you were created for a relationship with God, but we were actually called to be rooted so that we could reach out. And in John 13, Jesus says this, this is so powerful. It says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so what this tells me is that connection isn't just a cure for loneliness. It's actually one of the primary ways that the world gets to see the goodness and the glory of God. It's not just our good ideas that set us apart. It's not just our good looks, although that does not hurt. It's our love of people. It's our love. It's the way that we actually connect with not just the people who are like us, but the people who are unlike us and the people who make us uncomfortable. 
That is the thing that differentiates us. That's the loudest sermon that you can preach. It's not your words, it's your actions and how you connect with people that can actually glorify God. It's your love of people. We are the image of the invisible God. And I found this idea to be so compelling. Uh, I don't know how it'll hit you, but oftentimes when people feel abandoned by God, it's actually because they've been abandoned by people. And oftentimes when people don't feel loved by God, it's because they haven't been loved by people. It's not that they're closed off to God, it's that they just need somebody to show them the way. It's that they need somebody to show them what this actually looks like in action before they can actually extend it and hold it for themselves. They need an image of the invisible God so that they can accept and receive the love that's already been pointing at them the whole time. But it's so important for us to realize this. Anytime that we move towards somebody who feels alone, I need you to know that it's not that we bring Jesus with us. Sometimes you'll hear people say, we've got to bring Jesus to the world, but I'm here to say, we don't bring Jesus with us. We're actually joining Jesus where he already is. And this is important. Scripture says, this is uh, Psalm 34, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. So our role isn't to bring Jesus with us. It's to show people that Jesus is already there. Friends, God doesn't actually need help loving people. Yes, like we get invited to love people, but our role is that he invites us to go show people that they are already loved by God. We don't bring Jesus with us. We reveal and we show with our actions and our words that God's already there, that he already loves them more than we ever could love them, that he understands their situation more than we could ever understand it. And that's how we connect with people in a meaningful way. This last week, I, I read this article, and uh, I, I knew it was clickbait, but I clicked it anyway. The title of the article was, The Brutal Truth About Losing Weight That Most People Learn Too Late. I was like, you know what, why not? I just went for it, and it spent the whole article, they were just throwing all these statistics my way like it was going out of style. They built up this whole argument, and I was like, okay, this is going somewhere. And at the end, what they said is this, they said, the brutal truth about losing weight that most people learn too late is that you have to eat healthier and you have to exercise more. <laughs> I was like, thanks for nothing, right? I was like, tell me something I don't already know. But the reality is that was the point. That was the point of the article. Oftentimes, we already know the answer to the questions that we're asking. But the problem is that a lot of us are so busy looking for shortcuts that we don't actually put in the work. A lot of us are looking for the secret sauce, we're looking for the different angle, how can we skip a step? But a lot of times, especially when it comes to relationship, there's no way to skip a step and that doesn't make it merely inconvenient, it makes it precious and beautiful and that's why the work actually matters. And I keep coming back to this quote by Donald Miller in his book, Scary Close. And this is, so powerful to me. He says, I no longer believe love works like a fairy tale, but like farming. Most of it's just getting up in the earth. Most of it's just getting up early and tilling the soil and then praying for rain. But if we do the work 
If we do the work, we just might wake up one day to find an endless field of crops rolling into the horizon. And in my opinion, that's even better than a miracle. I'd rather earn the money than win the lottery because there's no joy and a reward unless it comes at the end of a good story. He's saying half of love, half of connection, half of reaching out is just showing up and tilling the soil and praying for rain. While we're looking for the secret sauce, we are not looking for people and the opportunities that God puts right in front of us. And we know so much more than we give ourselves credit for. So what do we do if we feel lonely? What do we do with loneliness? What do we do with disconnection? What do we do with isolation in this season? The reality is, you already know the answer. It's we have to connect with people even when we don't feel like it. One of the problems with loneliness is the lonelier you become, the harder it is to see the people that want to connect with you. Start talking yourself out of connections with people, and we have to overcome that with truth and actually connect even when we don't feel like it. The reality is we have to pursue people even when it's us who want to be pursued in the moment. The reality is you have to love people because it's love that connects us in a way that nothing else can. In the world, friends, there's no shortcuts to be had. The question is, are we willing to do the work? And so what does this look like in action? I have a couple examples. In 1 John 4, it says, we love because he first loved us. So if we're looking for connection, if we're looking for relationships that actually change people, we look to what Jesus said and what Jesus did. He says, we love because he first loved us. And what that shows me is that, is that love doesn't wait for the other person to make the first move. You know, whenever my wife Kristen and I are in the middle of a fight, and I was thinking back to what Emily Jameson called fights in her household, I think she called them spirited fellowship, <laughs> which I like better. So for the context of this illustration, uh, Kristen and I, whenever we're in the middle of spirited fellowship, um, we've made an agreement, we've made a promise with one another that no matter how mad we get, we're always going to cuddle before we go to sleep. And keep in mind, this is not a long cuddle. This is like maybe a second, then we push each other to the other side of the bed and we go our separate ways for the moment because the reality is we're, we're really, really frustrated. But it's important for us to do. It's an important promise that we keep because it's a way that we can show that the bond that we share is more important than the feelings that we feel in that moment. It's a way of actually showing that the unity, the, 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 the promise that we've made, the covenant that we're a part of is so much more valuable. It's so much more important than whatever we feel in a given moment. It, it's bigger than that. It's better than that. I can't take credit for this. Pastor Garrett is the one who told me to do this, and it's been such a blessing for me. But what ends up happening sometimes, because we are fallible human beings, is that a lot of times we end up in bed, and we are, again, in a spirited fellowship, and it just becomes silence. Because nobody wants to initiate that moment of reconciliation. Because sometimes when you're hurting, Moving towards the other person feels like weakness, even though we know it's strength. And so we sit in silence. And because my wife is more mature than me, it's usually her who breaks the ice. <laughs> She'll say, can we snuggle and I'll grunt because that means fine when I'm angry. 
and we'll hold each other for a second and then we'll take the space that we need. But to me, I think that there's no more special, beautiful picture of what love looks like in action than that. It means taking that first step even when every ounce of you wants to dig in your heels. Even when it feels like surrender, we know that love actually moves forward and that's the greatest display of strength that we have. Even when everything in us just wants to condemn, we actually reach out a hand instead. It's this beautiful picture of love. It's making that first move even when we don't feel it. We also find out that love is active. Scripture says in 1 John 3, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So when it comes to connecting with people and creating something beautiful, especially in a season like this where a lot of us feel isolated, we can't just do it with words. We have to do it with actions. It's not enough to say the right thing. Sometimes you actually have to do the right thing because people don't just listen to what you say, they actually listen to what you do. I don't know if you know this, but oftentimes what you do speaks much louder than what you say. And you could tell me that you love me and that you're going to be there for me, but if my experience doesn't match up with your words, then eventually I'm going to start to believe my experience more than what you say. So that means, especially in seasons like this, we have to move towards and we need to learn to love with our actions. Now, I don't know if you've heard people say this, but a lot of times people will say, you know what, it's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts. But anybody who's ever had a friend that said, yeah, I thought about buying you a really nice present. I knew you would love it. I heard you talking about it. I had my card out and everything, but at the last second, I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to do this. Oh, well, it's the thought that counts knows that no, it is not the thought that counts. It is the faithfulness that counts. It is the follow through that counts. It is the action that counts. It is the being there that counts. And when it comes to loving people, we cannot settle for nice thoughts and good intentions. We actually have to love people enough to show up and do the work. We can't settle for the best intentions. We actually have to move forward in the best way that we know how because it's not the thinking about the gym that gets you fit. As much as I wish that it were. And it's not the spending time with friends that builds relationships. It's putting in the work. It's showing up. It's tilling the soil. It's praying for rain and knowing that even though there's not a step that you can skip, that's the very thing that makes it beautiful. Friends, you already know the answers that you're looking for. You already know more than you give yourself credit with regards to how to get the thing that you crave in this season. If you're feeling disconnected, the question isn't, what do I do? The question is, am I willing to put in the work? Am I willing to make the first move even when every ounce of me wants to dig my heels in? Am I willing to show up even when it's inconvenient and I don't feel it? Am I willing to give even when this is a season where I wish I could just receive? I wish I could just receive. We have to actually realize that sometimes it's in the giving that we receive. It's in the connection with others that we experience connection for ourselves. And this weekend I wanted to, I wanted to take action. I wanted to do something different. I didn't just want to preach a message. I wanted to, to move 
towards you in the best way that I know how. And whenever I have a friend who's going through a tough season or a difficult situation, I love writing letters to express my heart for them. Because sometimes if you feel lonely, you don't need the best words, you don't need the best thoughts, you don't need a good sermon, you just need to know that somebody sees you, that somebody cares. And so this week I decided to write you a letter. And it's not written for the church as a group, it's not just collectively, this is a letter that's actually for you as a person. And it's not from the church as an organization, it's from from me as a fellow human who's walking through this season with you. And this is for anyone who's felt or is feeling isolated, alone, or disconnected this year. And so I just want to read it to you. Dear friend, I want to make sure that you hear this at least one time today. I see you and you matter. Not just in a universal way, but in a specific way. You matter to me and you matter to us. I want you to know that even if you feel like there's nobody in your corner, you've got more help than you think you do. And I need you to know that even though you're feeling lonely, you are not alone. I know one of the worst parts of loneliness is that it tells the lie that nobody else feels the way that you feel. So somehow in the middle of feeling lonely, you end up feeling broken as well. But I'm writing to let you know that you are not broken. Or if you are broken, then we're all broken together and we're going to find a way forward. And if we get a chance to sit together, I promise to do my best to listen more than I speak. I promise I won't try to change your mind about what you're going through or minimize your pain. We're called to mourn with those who mourn. So if that means that we mourn together, then it would be an honor to mourn with you because you are worth it. And if that connects us together, even in a small way, then we'll give God all the glory that he's due. Friend, I can't promise you any answers outside of the fact that we have to do this together. And there's no better time to start than now. So right now, my prayer for you is simple. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And would he give you peace? And would you forever know how loved you are by God and how loved you are by me, your friend, Brian. I wonder if you know somebody who could use a letter this week. I wonder if you know somebody who could use a phone call. I wonder if you know somebody who could use a home-cooked meal. I wonder if you know somebody who could, who could use you reaching out even if it's you that wants them to reach out the other way. I wonder if there's a person, if there's a couple, if there's a family that God is putting on your heart that says, yes, I will do what is uncomfortable so that you can feel comfortable and seen. You can know that not only God loves you, but I love you too. Because friends, I am convinced of this, that God is inviting us to more.
God is inviting us to action. God is inviting us to take that first step, to reach out towards. Whether you feel connected or disconnected makes no difference. You are all the solution to feeling isolated. You are all fully capable of doing what we're called to do. And so the question is, are we willing to take that risk? And my prayer for you is that we would say yes, because you are here and I am here and God is here. And if we can just be rooted in God and reach out and, and connect to others, it'll be for his glory and it'll be for the betterment of this church and this world. So I wanna pray for us and then we're gonna sing. Holy Spirit, you are with us. You are before us. You are leading us. You are guiding us. And we are thankful for that. And Lord Jesus, we are thankful, God, that you uh, are, are not just what our relationship is limited to. You are what our relationships are rooted in. So God, would we be rooted in you? Anytime we feel lost, would we feel found in you? But God, would you give us the eyes to see people that we can connect to? Would you give us the eyes to see, God, not just people like us, but people unlike us, people who dislike us. God, that we could be one just as you are one for your glory. God, it's not something abstract. It's something we can move towards together. God, for anyone who feels isolated, for anyone who feels lonely, God, I pray that they would feel seen in this moment by you and by me and by us. God, I don't know much, but I know that this is something that we need to walk through together. And this is something, God, that you have a heart for because you have a heart for broken people like us. So thank you, Lord. Whether a person feels disconnected or connected, would they see that they are a part of the solution? Would they not feel that this is not for them? Would they see the opportunity to lean in? God, to give the gift of their presence. Would they know that their presence truly is a gift? God, that people need connection. We were created for more than isolation. Would you show us how to do that in the best way that we know how? We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.